Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Welcome to the basement. Hello, everybody. How are you? How's your November 1st going? Mine's going great because today is a Josh Allen Tuesday. The starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills and the MVP frontrunner will be coming on the show shortly. As I always say, he is in the green room. He's hanging. He's having some JA-17 blend. That is his coffee. We will have his thoughts on beating Aaron Rodgers, uh, the atmosphere in Buffalo. It is New York Jet Week. Division game. We'll have Bills Jets talk. Also, we will get his review of 1980s Stanley Kubrick movie, The Shining which Josh watched. It, it watched. it came out 16 years before he was born, and uh, we'll find out what he thought about it. He's coming in shortly. He's hanging out right now. I can hear him, and uh, we'll get in all that kind of talk. Um, TJ Hawkinson is a Viking? This just happened. What a day for TJ Hawkinson. That's amazing. He stays in the division. He goes from one of the worst teams in the league to one of the best. Like, he just jumps right in there with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook. That is a big, big upgrade for him. And also, I really like it for Minnesota. They've been trying to get something going at the tight end position for a while. Irv Smith Jr. has been their guy. And either been on the field, off, injured, whatever. He just hasn't ever turned into this consistent playmaker. It just hasn't happened. Hawkinson is a big, big talent. And also tells me Detroit's just getting ready for the draft. They're getting rid of him. So, Vikings, that's a big deal. That, that could be... A big catch from Hawkinson in a playoff game can make a difference between them winning and losing. I like that one. I like when the good teams aren't satisfied. Like, I think we can get just a little bit better. Uh, lots of stuff to do, though. I told you we're going to talk about the team that just can't figure itself out that's really frustrating me. We're going to talk about the guy who was super, super, super extra on Halloween. He also played last night. But let's do it. Let's go to the Ben Wallace camp. That is the new name for this. I still haven't mounted the guy properly. I should probably do that. But Ben Wall standing by. Let's see if I can hit a little free throw for Ben. One of the worst free throw shooters of all time. But one of the greatest personalities. I like to say it about myself. Yes, sir! <laughs> bang, 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 bang! I love you, Ben. <laughs> That's how you start the show, Josh Allen Tuesday. But first, let's talk about what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Bang! All right, to my day ones out there. My day ones in the Kyle Brand's basement. You recognize this. This is a bottle of wine. It's in my house, so it's empty. It is a it is a Pinot Noir 2019 La Crema Pinot Noir Sonoma Coast. This is what my wife and I like uh, very much on the weekends, especially her. She can't get enough of it. And I took this bottle, this exact bottle, after week one in the NFL. And you guys sent me all of your thoughts and all of your predictions and all of your takes after one week. And I said, I will open them later in the season all right and we will see how they age do they age like wines you get it we have a whole thing we're doing here and we'll just check them out we're gonna un- we're gonna un- unveil them today we're gonna break them out I-, I already opened up the cork i wrote them down on these stupid little pieces of paper shoved them in there for two months as it turns out there was some wine left in this thing and so they kind of just soaked into the paper and fermented and maybe molded or something it's gross i don't care i took a pencil i dug them out of there and i've got them we're going over them right now and this is what i love Let's get after it, guys. I took them all. These are from you, and they got a couple from me. Let's see how they're doing, and maybe we'll make some new ones for the end of the season. First up, one of my guys here. One of my guys came in. This guy's name is... No, what's the first one up? Just bring up the tweets, my friends. My good morning... Uh, not good morning football. Kyle Brandt's basement. Macaroni! That's his name. Okay. Dallas will go 10-7 and 7 and still make the playoffs. This looks pretty good, Macaroni. Let's just remember... Dak Prescott hurts his hand week one against Tampa. Imagine that. They thought after week one, oh, Tampa's set, Brady, blah, 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 Cowboys. We had a conversation, Good Morning Football. Uh-oh. That's not supposed to be on. There. Um, we had a conversation, Good Morning Football. Is the Cowboys season just over? We straight up asked the question because we were reactionary fools. But So they lost. And now here they are all these uh, months later, and they're doing really well. They went through the Cooper Rush thing, which was beautiful. They lost 19-3 to in that game. And yet Macaroni, this was considered outlandish. 10-7 and seven and still make the playoffs. Now the outlandish part is that it looks like the Cowboys are going to finish better than 10-7. and seven. So Macaroni, you're my man. Bring us another one. Or a woman, I'm not sure. I guess Macaroni could be anything. Let's go to the next one, though. Will Parkinson. Ha-ha. A friend of mine. All right. Will says the Jets will still start 3-5 and five and be playing at Miami Week 18 at 8-8 eight eight on the In the Hunt graphic with a chance to shock the world. 
All right, re- reminder. When Will Parkinson, who does the Turn on the Jets podcast, sent this in after week one, the Ravens lost 24 to 9 at home, or the Jets lost 24 to 9 at home to the Ravens. They had Lamar throw three touchdown passes. They really had nothing. They just got hammered at home, and it's like, oh, I thought this Robert Sala thing was going to be cool. It is pretty cool. It was a lot cooler a week ago, but they started much better than 3 and 5, Will. So the idea that they're going to be playing at Miami week 18, 8 and 8, this one's already come back around. A week ago, I would have said this is like you totally underestimated your guys. And they got beat by New England. They played Buffalo this weekend. We'll talk about that shortly. That one is kind of a middle-of-the-pack take. Next, what do we have? This is my guy, Arthur, Artie Sabre 14. He said back in week one, Bills versus KC week six will be crazier than the divisional round last year. All right, I see where you're going there, Artie Sabre, and you were wrong. It was not crazy. It was a good game. But, I mean, there won't be another sporting contest in this decade, I think, that's crazier than week six last year. So I wish you were right. And, of course, the the uh, the Bills won their opener triumphantly against the Rams, so they were cruising at the time. Revisiting what the Chiefs were doing way back then, they smashed the Cardinals. 44-21, to Mahomes threw five touchdown passes week one. It was pretty prolific. Destroyed them 44-21, and we were waiting for that, ready for that, that middle of the season game, Bills-KC back at Arrowhead. The Bills really took care of business. It was a pretty good game. It was actually a really good game, but it wasn't a classic or anything. Next, out of the wine bottle, this one right here. Kevin, whose handle is, uh, yeah, that's a strange handle, Kevin. He says, the Giants will win the NFC East. See, this was considered ridiculous at the time. The Giants will win the NFC East in at least one playoff game. All right, so let me reestablish where we were. Way back in September, early September, the Giants won the opener. They beat the Titans. The Titans on their way to starting 0-2. The Giants won 21-20. And Brian Dable had said, I'm not going to be scared. I'm going to take this job by the horns. And he certainly did. They were 13 down. And they started their streak of winning games by one score only. They won 21-20. Now, as far as will they win the NFC East? I know. I don't think so. And at least one playoff game. We may have to save Kevin's because it's more of an end-of-the-season thing. Certainly no one is predicting them to win the NFC East because the Eagles are so good and the Giants you know, just came off another loss. But their 6-2 is an unbelievable thing going into the, into the bye. Least one playoff game? I don't know, maybe. Anybody can win anything in the NFC. It's, it's, except for the Lions. They just traded TJ Hawkinson. And they're like one of their few really dependable, reliable players. Next, let's get a hot one here. Let's get hot. Scuba Steve. CC Scuba Steve, he said, oh no, I see the words Matt Eberflus on my screen here. Matt Eberflus will have the Chicago Bears at 500 or better. All right, once again, do you remember the Bears in week one? I bet you do. You might not off the top of your head, but I'll remind you quickly. Home game, Bears, Niners in the rain. Like disgusting, muddy game. You could barely play football. Uh, Trey Lance was out there for the Niners, a guy who we haven't talked about in weeks and weeks and weeks. Justin Fields made enough plays, and then they won the game, and they did the slip and slide into the end zone. And it looked really exciting. It looked good for the Bears. Unfortunately, now um, the Bears are 3-5, and five, and so they are not 500 or better. They would have been if they completed one pass in the goal line against the Commanders, or if they could stop anybody against the Cowboys or various other things. But, Scuba Steve, I love you. Going, not, not a lot of Bears talk back in September, but you had some. Next. This is a great one. PFF Grizz. The Grizz. He's got a purple grizzly bear as his avatar. This is great, Grizz. Geno Smith will lead the Seahawks to a division crown. They're on their way, buddy. They're on their way. Geno Smith, week one. Very high profile. It was the Russell Wilson return to Seattle game. Prime time. Russell Wilson uh, goes to the center of the field during warm-ups and holds his arms out and turns like three times while 50 different cameras capture his every move. He's probably slightly aware the cameras were there. And he had what looked like a Listerine-colored tuxedo, I think, that he wore to the game. Never mind Russell Wilson. We've talked enough about him. The story here is Geno Smith, who won 17-16. to 16. Uh, He was supposed to just roll over and have the glorious Russell Wilson uh, turn, return back home. Now the Seahawks, 5-3. and three. They've won three games in a row. They just beat the Chargers, the Giants, and the Cardinals. And Pete Carroll's talking his bleep. People think I don't know how to coach. 
Grizz, this is a really good one. Even after that week one win over Denver, I don't think anybody thought Geno Smith was leading on their way, at least, to a division crown. You got the Rams there, you got the Niners, and maybe he will. Next. What's next? What's next? Tad to the bone. Tad to the bone says the Lions will finish above the Packers in the NFC North standings. So that sounds terrible, right? Well, the Packers have three wins. The Lions have one. They're playing this weekend. If we get chaos, not chaos, I guess just Armageddon for the Packers, we're not quite there yet. We're almost at end of days. If we get the mountains crumble and the seas boil and the horsemen ride in from hell and the Packers lose to the Lions, then the Lions will have two wins post TJ Hawkinson, who's Mr. Big News Pants today. And then the Packers are just in full. They're not above them yet. I don't know if we can get there. We've talked a lot about the Dan Campbell era. Tad, I let you're swinging out of your shoes there. And your Twitter handle is LionsDynasty19. That offense looked great for a few weeks, didn't it? I'm sorry, but I don't think that one's going to work out, even if they do beat the Packers this weekend, which at this point I kind of hope they do. Doug. Doug says Trubisky will start the whole year and make the playoffs. That's probably a big fat 0 for 2, Doug. It's definitely a 1 for 2 at least with the Trubisky. Then, oh, I, oh, Doug goes on. <laughs> then Steelers will knock off the Chiefs, and he will rub it in Nagy's face. I remember this tweet. I remember thinking, wow, you're really going deep into the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff to say that Trubisky, two teams later, will want to go back to his former Bears head coach, who's now an assistant on the Chiefs. I don't think any of that's happening, other than the Chiefs being in the playoffs, Doug, but I respect it. Trubisky, pretty quick hook, Kenny Pickett show now. And Is that it, or are we back to mine? I think we're up to mine. My predictions were, um, hold on, please hold, I have to remember my own prediction. My predictions were, were twofold. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. One of them was, um, I don't know what they were. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Vikings will be undefeated when they play the Bills in Week 10. That was wrong. But this is pretty good, guys. They have one loss. They only have one loss. They got hammered by Philadelphia a few, uh, few weeks into the season. I think it was Week 3. Uh, and the Bills aren't undefeated either. I was hoping for, like, a fully undefeated thing. But one loss versus one loss, I think in week 10 it'll be 8-1 and one versus 8-1 and one in Buffalo. That's a hell of a game. I learned a lot about the Vikings in that game. And then, you know what my last take was? This is back week one. I predicted, even after a win in week one over the Dallas Cowboys, I predicted that Tom Brady would retire midseason. I don't hate it. I don't regret it. I don't look stupid. He certainly hasn't done it. In fact, he's on record that he's not going to it to do it but the fact is that he even had to be asked if he is considering retirement this is like a week or two ago he was asked that in a media session he said no no (laughs) but someone asked and now you know these terrible things have happened in his personal life that i don't relish in any way and don't ever make content out of because i actually hate people who make jokes about that um but he certainly i don't know i still put this way i'll double down it is now we're a couple months into the season there's a long way to go I don't know how far this Buccaneers thing is going to tumble and spin around the drain. I still would not be surprised. In fact, I still predict it. Guys, that was fun. Send more. Send more. Right now, if you're watching this, tweet at KB Basement. What is the one thing right now that at the end of the regular season you are positive is true? This team will suck. This team will be great. This guy will win this award. This guy will lead the league in this. Anything. Send us to him. We'll fill him right back up with the wine bottle. we got plenty of empty wine bottles around here. That's why we get down. It was Halloween last night. That's what we do. Send us at KB Basement. What are you positive is going to be true at the end of the regular season? In the meantime, let's move on to what I hate. I can phrase this a lot of ways. I hate what the Bengals put out there last night. I said on the show yesterday, I expect them to win. I've said on the show many times, I think there's a big three in the AFC, and it's Buffalo, and it's Kansas City, and it's Cincinnati. I'll throw them in there. Not now. Man, they were bad last night. You don't see a team that's a lot of people respect that just had nothing. Like they, That was one of those sort of unusual games where at no point during the game, I'm, I'm saying literally not one minute of the game, did you think that the, that the Bengals were going to win. Not one. It was lopsided score. It was way worse than that from the on, onset of the, the t- interception off of Miles Garrett, the Burrow interception. You're like, this thing's over. They have nothing. And they had this really cool streak, the Bengals, where they had not allowed a touchdown in the second half of games all season, which is amazing. <sighs> Nick Chubb ran through that. No big deal. Browns, Browns, Browns. Jacoby Brissett is running for touchdowns. It just looked awesome. And this Browns team, and we just ready for them to lay down and die. They didn't. And the Bengals lose. 
And I just, I go back to the broader scheme of the Bengals that there was a lot of naivete amongst the media in particular of saying, so uh, the Bengals, they got their coaches, they're still there. They got all the players are still there. They didn't have their superstars leave or anything in free agency. So they'll be fine. They'll just, they'll run it back. You can't tell me that that team went through the playoffs last year and won at Arrowhead and did this and did that. They're not going to be great this next year. I just, I've been through this too many times. I've been too many times around the, the globe here to know that it's not that easy. It's just not. I don't care that the players are all there. And Jamar Chase was out last night. Wouldn't have made a difference if he was there. Certainly wouldn't have won the game. Maybe it was slightly closer, but none of that. It's just too complicated. And the, the Bengals to me right now just feel like a, like a, like a bad sequel. And it's, it's, you think it's going to be fine. You have this huge smash movie last year. It's amazing. Makes all the money. Makes stars of all the actors. Makes a star of the director. And it's just like, let's run it back quickly. Let's, as soon as we can, let's get everybody back together. And you think, all right, we're not going to make the other mistakes like other people do. We're going to make sure we have the same director. Okay, Zach Taylor's still there. We're going to have all the same stars. It, this isn't the case of... Caddyshack 2, where, you know, Bill Murray is not going to touch it, or it's not the case of some of these other ridiculous sequels that have nothing to do with the first one, None, like uh, Speed 2, Cruise Control. Keanu's like, I'm not doing that. No, I'm out. And Sandra Bullock's like, well, I'll do it. We'll just get Jason Patrick in here and put it on a cruise ship. It'll be great. Terrible. The Bengals have Keanu. They have Bill Murray. They got all the people. It's all, they're all there. And they even added people. Like, it's just, it's fine. It, it's it's all set up to be successful, and yet it just doesn't work. It, it's not the same. It, you can't just roll the ball out there and say, ding, 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 all the same ingredients, so we'll just pick right up where we left off. It just doesn't work that way. And there's not even a really sophisticated way of putting it other than just to say football is hard. You have to have really good luck to be good. You have to have good injury luck, which now they're not getting now with Chase. And you just have to have, have, to have other teams mess up. And... I do believe in some of that, that people play the Bengals differently this year than they did last year, and there's a different it, and Joe Burrow became very famous down the stretch, and Jamar Chase became very famous down the stretch. I think they prepare a little differently for him. I think they maybe play a little harder, have their A game a little bit more because they know, oh, I watched that guy in the Super Bowl, and that guy walks in with, with cool chains on and fur coats and stuff, and like, oh, this, is, this isn't you know Lions week or Panthers week, this is Bengals week, and I think that's part of it. And certainly the Browns, I mean, the Browns have a whole different thing with him where they beat Burrow every single time. And we'll get to Miles Garrett in a second in the What's Hilarious segment, but he like he is making this little cottage industry of terrorizing Joe Burrow. And I, I mean that literally. Like, he is showing up as monsters to the game just to play Joe Burrow. You got to deal with that because this, these divisional relationships happen really quickly and they start to snowball really fast. And if, you can't, if you're consistently beat by one team in your division, it becomes a storyline it becomes um, a little bit of this weight that you have to carry around. I just always look at Buffalo for two different reasons. They could not beat Brady. They tried and they tried and they tried. And this quarterback and this quarterback, not only multiple quarterbacks, multiple coaches, multiple regimes, multiple everything. And just year in, year out, Brady would just beat the crap out of them. And it was like it, Brady owned Buffalo when he was with New England. Same thing that was happening with, with Buffalo and Miami in the same division since Josh showed up. They would just destroy them, not by a little. They would beat them by 30 points. And if you're, you can't take the Dolphins seriously until you actually beat the Bills, which they did. You can't take Buffalo seriously. People would try to make noise sometimes because Buffalo would have like a good start or something. They'd start 3-1 and one or something. This this the year. The Bills back to the playoffs. they got to beat New England. I, just, I can't even look at them. I can't do it. I feel that way right now. The, the, the Bengals have it with a team that's not even a frontrunner. They have it with a team that's like a bad Browns team that can barely get their act together and has this bizarre quarterback situation where there's just the substitute teacher sitting there while the guy who sends the suspension just sits on the sideline, but he's still in the facility now and he's coming back in a few weeks. It's so weird. The Browns have all kinds of strange stuff going on, but the fact that the strangest thing is that the Bengals can't beat them. The Bengals are in the middle of a bad sequel right now that they can't figure out. And every, every once in a while, it's like you watch one of these movies... And you're like, oh, this, this scene works. This scene's funny. It kind of reminds me of the first one, which is the whole reason I'm here, because I like the first one, so I gave him my money. And then the next scene, you're like, no, who is this new character? This is terrible. You know what it reminds me? It, appropriately, all you hear about is the Super Bowl hangover, Super Bowl hangover. It reminds me of The Hangover. The Hangover won sensation, a comedy classic, all-timer. And then they said, you know what? Screw it. Let's make all the money in the world. Let's make a trilogy. Two 
fine, okay. Three was terrible. It was unwatchable. Unwatchable. Same director. They're all there. Cooper's there. Galifianakis is there. Ed Helms is there. The guy who gets married in the first one, whose name no one really knows, is there. It's it just doesn't work. It doesn't. It, it, Ken Jeong is there. Same Todd Phillips directing the thing. Zach Taylor. It doesn't work. They lost it. They came off track. We're looking at a little bit of a Hangover Two with flashes of Hangover Three from the Cincinnati Bengals, who are actually the living embodiment of the Super Bowl Hangover, while the thematic embodiment of the Hollywood Hangover. It's crazy how it works that way sometimes, and I hate it. I like those guys: Burrow, Chase, Taylor, likable guys, but I hate it. Let's get though the exact yang to that ying, let's get to what I think is hilarious. Come on. Starting your own small business can be a total roller coaster. Between all the bumpy twists and turns comes the actual business side of your business, which can really throw you for a loop. Luckily, with QuickBooks, you can manage your business with confidence from the start. So no matter how bumpy the ride gets, you can always stay on track. New business? No problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Learn more at quickbooks.com. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. People who like Halloween love Halloween. They, they're... In this day and age of, of where we're all kind of run through Instagram and pictures and approval and rating... There's no one who's like kind of okay on Halloween, in my opinion. Very few, if any. And when people like it, they love it. Do you know who's someone who loves Halloween? The guy who's three houses down from me. That guy loves Halloween. Crazy over-the-top costume. Crazy over-the-top lawn decorations like we talked about last week. His name is not Terry. I changed the name to protect the innocent. And you know who else loves Halloween? Miles Garrett is way into Halloween. It's like almost problematically so. So he shows up to the game. You probably have seen this. A lot of guys wear costumes. A lot of guys put on a mask. That's a lot. That's Miles Garrett. So if you just break down this costume, he's doing the Vecna thing from Stranger Things, which is perfect and great. And, but like, it's not just he got the mask from the, the Spencer Gifts. He really went after it in the sense that he has the full headgear down into the neck gear. He's got the hand things. He has the shirt with the burn holes in it, and it appears to have an upper body torso thing too. I'm actually a little bit surprised that he didn't just do the full no clothes like Vecna, just my entire body is burned and charred so I don't have to wear a clothes thing. And he's just so into it. Um, the arrivals for the Halloween game caliber costumes are like reaching this Met Gala sort of mixed with Kardashian type level of commitment. That is a lot. And then you think, man, if he really dresses that way, going to a football game. And I, I, I have to credit Miles Garrett. He had a great quote afterwards when, oh, you played so great. How'd you do that? And I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, look, if you'd come to the football game dressed up as a character from Stranger Things, you better make some plays. And he's so right. And he did. But you see him like that, and you're like, man, wouldn't it be crazy to know what his house looks like? I bet he has unbelievable decorations. Oh, we know what his house looks like, because Miles Garrett cannot wait to share with you what his house looks like. And I'm just going to talk you through this. That appears to be, I don't know what the hell that is. That is his door. All right, and here's the Miles Garrett home, which I'm sure is a great place. Looks like it's maybe a six or seven bedroom. He's got the uplighting, the strobes. Um, There is the Stranger Things... Letters on the board that Winona Ryder does in season one. Then he has graves for all the quarterback he's going to sack. And he's done this in the past. Smoke machines. All, all the time I'm a little alarmed that like he's so casual about showing people where he lives. Like He's a public figure. All right, and then this. A full-on Joe Burrow. I guess that's a, an effigy or a dummy. With a Bengals helmet, a Joe Burrow uniform. At the Vecna being held up by the tentacles. 
So I just see this and I'm like, man, first, my, my first, second, and third thoughts are like, don't you want to not have people see where your house is? Like you're a Brown. Aren't they going to be mad at you if you miss a play or something or lose to the Steelers? I don't know. That's got, maybe he's behind a gate. I'm sure he is. So then, you, but more importantly, man, there's, there's zero subtlety at all in this, in the time when no one wants to say anything negative at all about any other player and, oh, they're so great, they're so great, they're so great. Like, he just straight up has Joe Burrow up there along with gravestones for the other guys he's going to sack, but I can't get get past the idea that he does that. You, you are a clown if you put that up there and Joe Burrow has 450 yards on you and you don't make a play and you lose... 37 to 10. That's, you're a clown. It's just such a terrible, terrible look. But if you do it and not only dress like Vecna, but then kind of become Vecna to the, the Bengals in the sense that like you're haunting them and there's the clock chiming, like the, the clock in his head as a quarterback and he's reaching for the, the headphones that don't work. And he, it's just, I, I, I'm so blown away by the commitment. And you know me, if you listen last week, I kind of give an eye roll to the person who goes too hard on the Halloween decorations in which they turn their front yard into this R-rated Smithsonian, which they just want to let everybody know that they're the craziest and they're the darkest. And so certainly has some of that going on. But man, the fact that he can back it up like that is so strong. And like, that's really stakes. The players, you know, they don't gamble on games or certainly not allowed. That is in essence gambling on the game putting up the quarterback that you're facing on national television and just being like, I got this guy. And when you sack me, like, yeah, I got your jersey hanging over the front door of my house by my koi pond, and I'm just going to sack the crap out of you. They probably don't have koi ponds in Cleveland. But it is just hilarious. And I want him asked about that more as this coming weeks because it seems like if you were Burrow, are you like, dude, get my jersey down from your house? That's like, that's kind of, or do you think it's funny? Burrow usually rolls with everything, so he probably thinks it's funny. But... I mean, I just wonder if you looked at a different thing, if it was like, what if it was uh, a New York Jet? You know, it was like, it was Quinn and Williams. And he shows his house in New Jersey or whatever, and there's just this big Josh Allen jersey just sitting there, like hanging over it, like like he's going to, like with a helmet on it, or there's a gravestone for Josh Allen and Tua Tonga Violet. Wouldn't people lose their minds? Wouldn't Bills fans, wouldn't you be so pissed? Would Josh think that's funny? Maybe we should ask him. I don't know. That's a hypothetical. I don't want to put that on Quinn and Williams. He's, you know, he's got his own things, but Miles Garrett, you do it, you back it up, and thank God you did, because I feel like that was the biggest bet you ever made, and now you beat the Bengals every single time you play, so you can keep doing it. Leave it there for the whole season. Leave it there for Christmas, put a little Joe Burrow, Burrow beard on it, have a Joe Burrow turkey, uh, whatever you want, just year-round. Uncle Sam hat in the summer, anything, a leprechaun costume, because you beat him every time, dude, and if I was him, I'd be scared of it. He might be. That's what's hilarious. Miles Garrett. Can't wait. See you next Halloween. But in the meantime, we just mentioned them. All right, get him in here. Get Josh in here. It is time for number 17 of the Buffalo Bills, his weekly Tuesday visit. I cannot wait for the Shining Review. Here we go. It's Josh time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And there he is, Tommy Shelby, the Joker. We'll get a cameo from Sky soon. And then we got our guy, Josh Allen. What's up, dude? How's your Tuesday? Tuesday's going good. Just got a massage. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a good last couple of days. Is it is the Tuesday massage, is that your routine you do every week? Yes. Yep. Yep. I got the 
same one. It's uh, it's more so just to get the body get the body going, you know, because uh, t- yeah. took a few hits on on Sunday night. Well, see, this is why you're just you're just getting so good at everything. You bring me right to the first question. Early on, there was a game between the Bills and the Packers, and you made like a crazy run to get down to the one yard line, get rocked by Rasul Douglas, get up. Full smile, maybe even a laugh, and you're mic'd up, and we all hear you say afterwards, I love that bleep, the S word. I love it. Explain for people who don't know, like, why, why do you love getting rocked like that? Why would you say that? I, I wish I could tell you the uh, exact answer. I'm not quite sure. Um, in high school, we had, a, we had our head ball coach, Coach Magnuson, always said, you got to be a little sick to love this game. I guess I'm just a little sick, you know? And the mic'd up deal, I, I've always not, I've never been a fan of being mic'd up. So I've always told sure. my PR department, the PR department, um, or our media department to ne- not tell me and just to try to hide it. Um, so I actually had no idea I was mic'd up. So I'm a little, oh a little worried what they're going to put out. So I'm not, not quite sure what I was saying throughout the game. I wasn't really paying attention uh, to what I was saying. So um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know I was mic'd up, so we'll see. It'll be fun. You know, because I've learned over the years that part of the conduct when you are mic'd up, at least when you know, is that sometimes you'll be like to your teammates, yo, just FYI, dude, like I am mic'd up, so don't be starting to tell me about your personal life or anything you don't want to know. Like that's really the etiquette. So, But you don't have the luxury of doing that because you want it to not be known. And that's, that's the problem, I, I, the dilemma that I had and this feeling I had and not let my teammates know because I usually would walk around like, hey, feds are hot, feds are hot. So just let them know, like, all right, stay. I'm staying away from Josh today. Not, not going to be saying what I usually say on game day. But um, I guess this is the most, most authentic version of me that people will see. So uh, I'm, I'm nervous at the same time, excited because I, I sometimes I black out and don't really know what I'm saying. I know, but that's what makes you fun. That you're the guy who loves football so much, and your high school coach is right, and you do love it. When you take one squarely on the pads, like. It actually does, in a weird way, feel good. It just lets you know that there's contact. Do you have, like, if I were to ask you, what is the hardest hit you've ever taken in the pros? Do you remember it? Do you, like, do you have an answer for that? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the exact one. Obviously, um, Jadavian Clowney and Merciless back in my rookie year, they got my mm-hmm. elbow pretty good. I, got, I threw the ball and mm-hmm. um, ended up hurting my elbow a little bit. That's the one that... I remember the most um, that like I physical, physical pain. There was one in junior college. I was actually one of my first plays in junior college. I didn't start okay. the first couple of games. I get thrown in there right before halftime and I threw a ball and I got hit right in the chest and my eyes, like I literally couldn't see straight, but it was like, I got hit. Like it wasn't hitting the head. I was, I was just so yeah. I couldn't breathe. Cause it hit me in my chest. So I'm trying to get my, my breath. And we did signals on the sideline. So I'm looking over to the sideline and I'm like, sure. I look at my running back. I'm like, you're going to have to tell me the play because I can't see what coach is signaling right now. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's the one I, I, I think I remember the most out of any of them. And it wasn't even that hard of a hit. He just got me right in my chest and just kind of all functions went haywire. Did Ridley College win that game? If I remember correctly, we did. I bet you did. <laughs> it's cool. I bet you did. Um, I love I love stories from that era of your career. It's just so unique. We've talked about you jumping over guys, and now you get rocked. It's, obviously, they were playing some hard football. You know what else I'm here for, dude? The thing that you've got going now, uh, I've talked about this a lot on the show. I'm just like kind of over the gritty. It's just so played out, and everyone's done it a million times. I'm a big fan of Josh Allen running to the sideline and Jordan Phillips hoisting him like he's a baby yeah. over his head. Dude, it is awesome. Tell me how this is, what it's like, and how did this start? I honestly don't know how it started. I just, every time I yeah. come off the field, he's right there on the sideline doing this to me. And so I'm like, all right, like I guess that. I'm doing it. Yeah, and I just <laughs> kind of run over there, and it's just kind of a thing, especially, like, just, I, I think it's more so home games or, like, when some good plays are happening, he gets pretty excited, and he's a – He's my locker mate. Uh, we play a lot of Call of Duty together too, so um, we got a we got a pretty good relationship. And obviously, we missed him the last couple of years when he wasn't here. But yeah. we're extremely happy and excited to have him back. And he's been making some plays. It's been awesome to watch. 
what is your what's your what's your call of duty style like how, how do you get after it like there's there's the campers there's the aggressive ones like what what's your style i'm the uh i'm the team motivation like if you need you need <laughs> ammo i'm dropping my ammo for you like I, i'm there to pick you up i'm not very good at it and i really just play just yeah. so i can have uh some some brotherhood and uh together ship with my teammates and my friends that i don't get to see or speak to all that often so it, it's a good way to keep in touch uh, with some old some old friends um but yeah i'm not i'm not good at all like i'm i'm terrible at the game i like to have a good time it's just going on there really uh talking talking crap to the opposing team when it's on the, the start menu or whatever it is and i get i get after that's like that's probably my favorite part is the um the crap talking uh -huh. of the from the opponent the opposing team we get we, we get after it oh yeah i'm sure and listen i'm here to tell you dude like you don't really want the starting quarterback to be that great at Call of Duty. Like, that's that's fine if you're not that good. And it is so on brand for you as a teammate to be like, oh, look, if you need some ammo, I'm here for you. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you anything. A shirt off my back. That is, like, the perfect Josh Allen answer. I believe it. And they probably love you for it. They, I mean, I, I, I get a lot of invites. I, I'm, always, uh, I'm always with a group <laughs> of players. So I guess I'm doing things the right way, even though I'm very Let's bad invite Josh. He sucks and he always gives us his ammo. It's a perfect teammate to bring in. I get it, dude. I totally get it. Um, we talked a lot last week about we have, from our own perspectives, like a mutual admiration for Aaron Rodgers in, in our own different ways. Any memorable exchanges with him before the game, after the game? I know he means a lot to you. No, we were we were running up the sideline um, pregame. We just kind of gave him a tap, and we just kind of walked in together. Um, shared a couple words. Um, but no, he's, he's awesome. I, I really appreciate him. And, um, I called him last week cause he, I don't know if I told you, did I tell you about the pot? I was at the Padres game. He texted me like, you're, you're a poser. You're not even a Padres fan. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so I FaceTimed Perfect. him and we talked a little bit, uh, the week prior. So, um, you know, I'm hoping I, I sent him one of my jerseys in hopes that maybe he sends one back so I can frame it in my basement. Uh, but we'll see. He's a, I, I think he's a hard guy to get a jersey from. So maybe if we can, you know, put some pressure on him, that'd be nice. Oh, dude, he'll get it. Like, you'll, you'll get a 12. You'll get, like, a cool, perfect autograph and everything. He'll write something, like, very poetic and thoughtful on it. Like, I know that'll get there. I, I told you this, too. Like, I got Or he goes the opposite, saying you're an idiot because of uh, your movie reviews, potentially, <laughs> the, the Princess Bride. Are you mean to tell me that when you had a quick moment with Rogers before the game, he did not bring up the Princess Bride in that quick moment? Not in that quick moment. No, not, I, I haven't talked to him about that yet. So I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see. We'll it's hear coming. It, it, it's it's yeah. going to be signed Aaron Rodgers. And like, you think you're better than me, Josh. Inconceivable. Like, he'll totally zing you. That's what's coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, it's, I was, the last question about Rodgers is that he used to talk a lot. I remember when Brian Urlacher retired. Rogers came out and said, like, I'm going to miss Brian, like, because we're rivals, but we used to talk so much during the games. And we'd have all these conversations that were kind of competitive, but respectful. There's always been that over the years. Like, I remember Brett Favre and Warren Sapp used to, like, go at it, like, face to face, but they loved it. Are there guys in the league or maybe even specifically in the AFC East who play all the time who are on defense that, like, you just kind of love that chatter back and forth and you guys feed off it? Did you have those guys? Um, I mean, I think... I think Matt Matthew Judon, who's playing at a high level, I think every yeah. time we play against each other, it's always it's always good, like good talk. It's not like um, it's not like the hardcore trash talk that you get from some guys. It's very respectful. We got I got a lot of respect for his game, and I think vice versa. Who knows? Um, but I got a lot of respect for him, and I know he's playing at a high level right now. He he's up there. Um, Jamal Adams was another guy. Obviously, he was on the Jets, and sure. he's not there anymore. But yeah. we we talked. We we got after it on the field. I think we talked a lot, lot to each other. And those those are probably the two guys that uh, we've had, I guess, okay interactions with. Yeah, I hear you, dude. A lot of them don't probably have much to say to you. But I like Junon is an incredible player. He terrorized the Jets last week, and he's having like a really, really good season. You guys have the Jets this week as a team. You've won five in a row against them. You've had a lot of success, but a lot of people have had a lot of success. It's the Jets. And the, th the thing that Jets fans hate hearing, they just hate it, is when you just say, same old Jets, same old Jets. 
you're starting to get ready for the Jets game. This team feels a little different. When you look at them, why is it not same old Jets? No, I mean, they're they're playing at a very, very high level right now. They're extremely motivated. Uh, they're extremely well coached, especially, like, you know, the defensive side of the ball. they got some playmakers that have mm-hmm. been in that system now. Um, you know, Quinton Williams is terrorizing the league. He's, yeah. he's, he's a fantastic player. So we got to be ready for that. Obviously, they've got some rookies that are playing at a very high level, too. Um, so, again, it's it's all about a good week of work, you know, finding the game plan that we, that we like going into it. And all, obviously, it comes down to executing on Sunday. Um, but, again, in division, you know, in uh, at their home turf against a team that's playing motivated, coming off a loss, it, it's a week-to-week league, man, and anybody can beat anybody. So we got to be we got to be ready for anything they can throw at us. Hell yeah. And Quinnen has been amazing. I mean, we could ask Rodgers about yeah. that. He was so good against the Packers. You you face great D tackles all the time. You started week one against Aaron Donald. Do you prepare differently when you know there's there's an interior guy who's super disruptive? You and I have talked about how you do your stiff arm and hold the ball away and get out of it sometimes. Like, how does that affect you, your week of prep with a guy like Quinnen coming? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a little different when you're talking about like a, a defensive end that's a game wrecker when you can get a tight end or running back to chip on them. Yeah. It's it's kind of hard to do that with an interior defensive line. So it's it's about getting two two offensive linemen to him, kind of slide the protection that way, trying to get four hands on the guy at all times, um, which again presents its own problems if they want to bring pressure away from him. Then you're keeping your back in. Um, if they bring two, then you're hot. So there, there's a lot of different things that, that you can do, but it, it opens you up to being more susceptible to um, other things, pressure, keeping your back in. So uh, we'll find a way. You know, I, I trust our guys up front. We're going to have uh, our hands full, you know, with, with this defense. Like I said, they're playing at a really high level right now. Um, you know, there, there's my girl. Yeah, that's our girl. What up, Sky? Yeah, chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there again, we're gonna have our hands full. So we gotta be we gotta have a, a good week of practice, put our best foot forward. How about a dude, how about first time in your your life you've ever faced this? A, a rookie corner named Sauce. People love this guy. He's getting a lot of hype. He's put a lot of good football on tape. He makes plays. What's it like you're you're facing a rookie corner that's supposed to be blood on the water, yet you look at him and you're like, oh damn, this guy can play. Number four pick in the draft. How do you even approach that with that kind of guy? Yeah, you know, we're 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 seven games into a season. I think they're eight games into a season already. I yeah. think the whole rookies to like I stopped calling our rookies stupid rookies a few weeks ago. Right <laughs> now, they're just they're they're part of our team. So once you get playing this league, um, you know I think eight games is plenty enough time to get acclimated. At this point, you're you're a ball player, and um, the dude's a ball hawk. He's a baller. You know he was that way in college. Um, he got picked extremely high for, for a very good reason because he's playing really good football right now. And um, again, we got to find ways to, to get our ball to our playmakers um, and keep it away from their guys. And, you know, made some bad decisions on my part this last week, and especially in that fourth quarter. So I got to be better with that. And um, like I said, it all comes down to having a good week of practice and executing on Sunday. It does. And I have a really important question. This is where we live here in the basement, dude. Uh, what is Josh Allen's personal favorite sauce? An A1 guy? What do you think? So I was going to say, I was going to say A1 and I don't particularly like it with my steak. I actually like it with my fries. So when I like go to a nice steakhouse, oh. I like, I, I asked the waitress, I'm like, Hey, like, do you guys have A1 sauce? And like, Please let the cooks and the chefs know, like, it's not for the steak. The steak's great. I just love it with my French fries. So, um, yeah, I, I I might have to go A1. That's probably one of my – it's probably my favorite. Or the – Let me tell you. You know, the JA-17 sauces, you know, the barbecue and the mild hot oh, sauce. Yeah. Sold, at, sold at Wegmans, you know. Like, how, how can I Sold that? exclusively at Wegmans. It's kind of similar, Josh, to – the JA-17 blend, which is also sold exclusively at Wegmans and goes to a very good cause. Every single penny, am I right? Every, everything, but I see absolutely zero revenue from the sauces, the, okay. um, the coffee blends, everything else. So, uh, yeah, that all goes straight to the Patricia Allen Fund at Oshai Children's Hospital. The best. Uh, and I love that you do that, and we will continue to talk about that all season. Let me just, let me just put, close the, the book on this before we move on. 
I love A1 sauce. There's no shame in loving A1 sauce. There's no shame in putting it on a steak. It's delicious. I still do it. I don't care if that makes me some hillbilly or something. Josh, you can just nod if you do it too. I put it on a steak. It's good. I, I do. I do do it every once in a while. Especially like yeah. A facility sometimes it, it needs it. Uh, and I grew up on A1 sauce. Like that's that's something so we have in our household all the time. Yeah. All right. I love. It. I love to hear it, and I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, last question about the Jets, and then we got to get to important business. Uh, Zach Wilson, young guy, first round pick, coming off a week in which he openly struggled. Dude, he's he's taking a lot here in New York City. Like he's taking a lot of criticism. It's time to bench him. It's time to move on. You watch a lot of ball. You know a lot of ball. What do you think when you see him? Well, again, I think it's a it's a guy trying to make a play. Um, and I was I was at that same position, you know, throwing I threw three picks against the Patriots yep. my second year and that's that's kind of the game where it all clicked for me after that game. So um, you can take that for what it is. I think, again, I've, I've had a lot of different talks with Zach along the way and uh, seeing him here or an event there. He, he's such a he's such a good dude. I, I do really appreciate how he is as a person. He, he he can he's a guy that guys can get behind and really follow. Um, sometimes, again, it, it takes a little longer. It took, took me a while to kind of understand the nuances of this game. and trying not to do too much. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to of not trying to do too much and allowing you to trust your guys on the field with you. And I don't want to give them too much advice, you know, before we play them. Um, so uh, maybe, maybe next week we can have a, a more, a, a longer talk, but again, guys got to go out there and play football, man. Like we can't, we can't think about making mistakes because that's, that's ultimately when you do make mistakes and you just got to go out there and, and try to go ball. Really cool. Three interceptions against the Patriots in your second year. It's exactly like him. And look where you are now. It's, it's really, really good perspective. We have to get to this. So um, I always respect about you that you're very, very modest and you, you're genuinely down to earth. It's not an act. It's how you were raised. And yet I'm going to test that here. In the, in the great state of Maine, there is a town called Westbrook, Maine. And apparently they got a lot of Bills fans and they're having an issue that's made the news cycle. People are voting for you for mayor. <laughs> They're putting lawn signs out there that say Josh Allen for mayor. And it starts as this joke, but it's not a joke now. The official town Facebook, listen to this. They had to make a posting that said, please note that Josh Allen is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. He is not a candidate in the city of Westbrook and votes cast for Josh Allen will be counted as blanks. They had to be like, enough with this. So Josh, you have a, a lot of support there. Any, any message to, to your supporters and, and your people and the people who are voting for you? Um, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know if my job will allow me to be mayor of your guys' city. I, I appreciate the, uh, the thought, though. But typically, mm -hmm. when, a, when a city is going to do that, it's kind of like the, the whole Harambe thing, right? When you tell people not to do yep. it, they're going to do it even more. And, uh, you know, we miss – I actually <laughs> – I don't know how this got brought up, but it got brought up in our uh, quarterback room, Harambe, not too long ago. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember the the gorilla oh, yeah. uh, that got shot. Um, but Case Keenum didn't really understand how big of a deal it was. I was like, no, like, I think it actually might have been, we might have been talking about this. I was like, yeah, Harambe almost got voted for mayor too. So um, yeah. it is what it is. It's it's cool. But usually, you know, I think Elon Musk, Elon Musk said that said this, you know, when dogecoin was kind of coming out and um yeah he says typically when it's like a the parody parody coin or the parody thing that's typically what people kind of gravitate towards too because it's like some relevance in people's lives and it ends up being kind of the top dog um so mm -hmm. but again I, I i i will not be mayor of uh what'd you call it? brook brooksport uh yes it's westbrook maine westbrook maine westbrook maine yeah although maybe someday um i won't rule it out you don't know Maybe he will. Josh has a lot of football to play and a lot of media to do. I, I think we can call this our best session because we've hit A1. We've hit Harambe, which I didn't know we'd get into a Harambe conversation today, but it was like Harambe was killed because the kid fell in there and everyone's like, why did you have to kill Harambe? He didn't do anything wrong. That was 2016. Like you were still in college, but like yeah. Harambe like ran the country for a while. It was everywhere. In that it was big. It was big. I'm, and I'm a big meme mm -hmm. guy. Like, I don't know if you saw my recent post sure. with the Bills about being the uh, social media intern. Um, oh, yeah, I, I love awesome. my memes. And I remember that was, that was a big, big thing back in the day. That oh, was massive. Um, all right. It's time. Here we go. 
The 2022 Josh Allen Film Festival. Josh, let's bring it up. We're going to go through the ratings. And I have to tell you this. There is a writer, as we see the grades, everything from an A for Shawshank down to a Princess Bride C. There is a writer for Yahoo Entertainment, Kevin Pollowy. And he writes for Yahoo, dude, a legitimate outlet. Josh Allen is not only the most exciting and daring player in the NFL, he's also the most exciting and daring film critic. So this thing is catching on. Um, and you know what we're getting to today? We're getting to yeah. a little movie from 1980 called The Shining. It sounds a little like this. Here's Johnny. Okay. You saw it. <laughs> what did you think of The Shining? This is kind of a big one. It's, it's a very big one. I think it's quite possibly the greatest horror film ever made. And I think like it's not like a jump scare movie. It's yeah. kind of like the isolation uh, that John Torrance has. And like he's kind of going mad and, you know, his son's seeing these different things and the, the two girls and then the blood running through and, you know, the red rum. And there's a lot of things that I didn't realize, like when he freezes and I've seen that picture, that meme of him frozen and I never knew what it was from. I thought it was from a comedy movie. I didn't know it was from this. So um, it's still very relevant, like even into the, and I, I don't know what it was, 1980. Um, so it's, it was, it was awesome. Um, I thought the shots were really cool. And I saw a, a video a while back how they created the blood through the hallway scene. And there's like a little miniature yeah. version. I don't know if that was real or not, but I, it, it's crazy how like it was shot in such a good way. Um, I'm yeah. giving this, I'm giving this an A. Like it's, again, it wasn't like a jump scare thing, but it was just like this eerie isolation movie. And you can feel him going mad and like the division between him and his family. Uh, it was pretty I wouldn't, I wouldn't say cool, but it was, uh, it was a cool, how, cool yeah. how they shot it. And I yeah. thought Jack Nicholas, obviously, that's kind of one of his, probably his, probably his number one um, yeah. acting performance. And that's what people kind of know him for, uh, was, was this movie. And the Here's Johnny part, obviously. And then I don't want to hurt you, darling. I just want to bash your skull in, oh, right? Like, like, it was, oh, it's freaking nuts. And it just, yeah, it was, uh, it was just like this eerie, feeling that you had the entire time was kind of silent and you didn't really know what was going on. And every time there was about to be a jump scare, like it kind of, it didn't scare you, but you knew it was coming. Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. I can tell you loved it. And eventually she comes in and, you know, Jack's been working and typing and working and she goes through the page and it's just all work and no play make Jack a dull boy. Makes and Jack that a dull scene play, itself yeah. is like minutes and minutes long and the baseball bat and you're freaking out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like you just don't know what direction it's going and you can like, like I said, you can feel him starting to go mad and you don't know if it's because of, you know, the isolation and the writing or some paranormal activity that's being pushed on him and, you know, and his kid kind of seeing stuff. So yeah, it was, it was nuts. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. And you're going to learn a lot more about that movie now that you know it. It's a Stephen King novel, Stanley Kubrick movie, and there's a lot of controversy and theories and everything. Because it's, it's a lot different than gets, the book, right? Yeah. And that's why Stephen King was mad about oh, it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a huge departure from the book. Like the 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 maze at the end never happens in the book. At the end, the Overlook explodes. It like burns down, and it's a totally different ending. And it's like Jack doesn't start off as crazy as he does in the movie. So King was like, "This movie sucks," and everyone's like, "King, what are you talking about? It's Kubrick. It's amazing." So that's kind of the myth yeah. of it. And then there's all these theories. And conspiracy theories and a lot of things about native americans and like you could spend weeks just researching the, the background on it and i know you're into that kind of stuff i i definitely will um all right but first you gotta get ready for the jets and we have to assign a movie for the film festival this week dude we got a treat this is a different week so uh i got to talk to your boy mcdermott on good morning football he comes by he's aware okay. of the film festival he's aware of your grades and let's roll the clip. Me talking to uh, on Good Morning Football head coach Sean McDermott, Josh's coach, and here's his thoughts on the film festival. The Princess Bride, I would, I would, I would bring up a little bit, um, yeah. and you know, I would love to add. I would love to see some talk about Vision Quest or maybe Ferris Bueller's Day Off or you know, Top Gun on, on this list. I don't see that anywhere. But uh, talking about movies of, of my of my genre and, and my era. Um, I think you got to give some some respect and some love to those three as well. Your thoughts? One, I've seen, I haven't seen Vision Quest. That's the only one I haven't seen. I actually watched okay. Ferris Bueller's Day Off um, maybe a month ago for the first time. I freaking loved that mm-hmm. movie. That was so cool. Amazing. Like, it, 
yeah, it was amazing. I've seen obviously um, Top Gun. That's that's one of the all-time yeah. classics, and most most recently Maverick. I got it right up here, right? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, so again, I've I've seen I haven't seen Vision Quest. So if that's one we want to watch this week, right. I'm I'm willing to do that. And this is the twist, Josh. I have never seen Vision Quest, so we're both gonna watch it. You in? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 1985, it's a movie about high school wrestling, which we know McDermott is like super extra about that stuff. Yeah. Matthew Modine, Linda Fiorentino. You watch it, I'll watch it. You hopefully beat the Jets, and we'll talk about it next week. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Kyle. You're the best. Later, Josh. Bye, Sky. See you guys. Number 17, Josh Allen. I'll just say this. We've gotten to a point now, we're a couple months into this thing, where we're very comfortable with each other week in, week out. And with comfort comes the ability to call BS. And I was full on calling BS when Josh was trying to say, yeah, I only like A1 on my fries. I'm sure you do like it on your fries, my man, but you damn well like it on your steak too. And so do I, and probably most of you watching. It's delicious. At some point it became just a sin to ever put steak. Now I don't go to a super fancy steakhouse and ask for it, but if I make a steak in my backyard, hell yes, I'm putting A1 on it. It tastes great. In the meantime, how do you like this? How do you think this tastes? Trade. Trade, trade, trade. While I was talking to Josh, Ian Rappaport, um, the Bears, the Chicago Bears, just traded for Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool. This is really happening. It's, it's a thing. I'm not making it up. This is not a false account. And so you think, all right, so first of all, let's just unpack this. Strange, I've surprised at least, because the Bears are in unload mode and they just got rid of Roquan and they got rid of Robert Quinn and they just... Ryan Poles, their GM I've talked about before, is just, zoop, zoop, zoop. I don't care, I have a job to do, I'm getting rid of everything and building assets. He seems to really want draft picks, and he wants money, and he wants to be able to spend in free agency, which I really think is great. Play out this season, hope for the best for Justin Fields, and then we'll see. Well, they're not doing that, because they had nine draft picks this morning, and they just spent one of them. You think, what's the price? All right, they got Chase, uh, they got, uh, Chase Claypool, right? What's, what's, what's he got? What's he got? What's, what's the cost? They spent a second-round pick on him. And if you see, I know this all shakes out. It wasn't the second round pick they got for the Ravens, from the Ravens. It was the Bears' original second round pick. So the Bears aren't really good. They're probably not going to finish with a great record. So that second round pick is really valuable. Like that could be, who knows, that could be like the 40th overall pick or something in the draft. That's like, it's almost like a adjacent first rounder. Like that is a really expensive price. And listen, it's good that they're getting Justin Fields something to work with. And, you know, I like Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney as much as the next guy. And I'm not sure how much the next guy likes him. But uh, I just think, it, you know, it's Chase Claypool is a Notre Dame guy. And Chicago is a massive Notre Dame fan base. That's corny. I hope that has nothing to do with that. I, I don't care where a guy went to college if I'm in Chicago. It can come from USC or Florida State. If he can play, I want him. It's also just kind of a loaded topic with Bears and wide receivers in that they've had a lot of big misses over the years in the draft, in free agency, and then just some that have just been fine where they bring somebody in and pay a lot of money for them. And, you know, Moussin Muhammad comes to mind. He was pretty good as a bear. He was no superstar. He didn't have seasons like he did with Carolina. David Terrell, look, I, guy they drafted really early, drafted out of Michigan. I don't need to bring all those names up over and over, but the point is, is like there is kind of a, the quarterback is the thing always for the Bears. We never have a good one, we never have. And then wide receiver is almost the second in that. Chase Claypool, you like his game? Big, strong, athletic, awesome rookie year. Kind of weird a little bit off the field. He's had like a couple things that you would just attribute to being a young guy in the media, and he talks things and says things he probably wants back. But I'm more surprised just in the philosophy for the Bears. I guess the idea is we do want to start things over, and we do want to collect all the assets we have. But in the meantime, we can't just keep asking Justin Fields for like eight or nine more games to just keep getting his head kicked in we got to have something left at the end of the season from our quarterback when we start to really build this. So let's toss a bit of kelp to the seal and let him have something to help, a big dude to actually throw to when he's out there. So I guess my bottom line would be anything the Chicago Bears do whatsoever to support Justin Fields is a good thing. Because if that guy doesn't work out, it's just such a catastrophe. And they spent so much to get him. And you just can't miss on those first-round quarterbacks. You're screwed for five years. Anything they do to help him is a good, is a big thing. And it's an exciting thing. Trade deadline sometimes comes and goes. Sucks. We got our Roquan thing, another Bears deal to the Ravens. And we thought, all right, that's it. Move on. That's trade done. This isn't some cool hot stove deal here. It's usually pretty lame. This is pretty fun. It's really fun. Um, that's it. That's Kyle Brand's basement for today. I'm going to end the show. I'm not even going to do the darts. I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to leave you with this. 
I am leaving the country tomorrow night. I leave my uh, my job here, and I leave my wife and my kids, and I fly to Latvia, and then I fly to Poland. During which time, I'm going to add to the project I've been doing for NFL 360, where I've been in communication for six or seven months now with Ukrainian football players turned soldiers who are on the front lines, and I'm making part of this larger documentary that's going to come out at the end of the year, and I'm very, very proud of and passionate about. I'm going to be in Latvia and Poland to meet and interview their wives and children about what they're going through and their sacrifices and what this has been like and can they see the future and how their lives changed in February when Russia decided to invade their country. So I'm going to be talking to them about that. I'm going to be going to a sporting event there and observing Poland, Latvia, and then I'll go to Germany for the game in Munich versus the Geno Smith Seahawks and the what the hell's going on, Tom Brady Buccaneers? I'll be there for that. So the offshoot of that, as far as you guys are concerned, is uh, we're going to be off for several days here in Calvert Space, and we will definitely be back next Tuesday, one week from today, for Josh Allen time. Jets, who, man, looked bad last week. But that's it. That's it. We're out. I'm leaving for Europe. Um, if you care about that stuff, I will try to share some things on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me if you want. Don't follow me if you don't want. I just love that you're here with me, watching, listening. Love having you in the basement. It's been a great day. Uh, everybody have a steak with A1 tonight. I love you. Miss you. See you later. I'll check in from Europe. Thanks, guys.